This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Phileas Club. This is a show where we cover the news from around the world with people from different parts of the world, usually, but also different opinions, different backgrounds. And we try to um, understand how other people feel and uh, listen to what they think rather than trying to convince them. This episode is going to be a little bit special, I suppose, because we're going to be covering the way the election, the presidential election in the US went. I'm Patrick Beja. I am a French person living in Finland, so I'm going to be providing the European perspective, I suppose. And uh, I'm very glad to be welcoming back to the show two wonderful people on, um, I'm going to say on my left, just to mess with people. On my left is Tony. How's it going? Tony, um, who is a conservative from Ohio, right? Yes, I'm from Ohio and it's going very well. Thank you. Excellent. Um, and on my uh, other left, let's go like that. Owen J.J. Stone, also known as O Doctor, is uh, back on the show. How's it going, Owen? Great. You sound great. Um, I appreciate my great. <laughs> I've been talking to a wall for weeks practicing. <laughs> well, I guarantee, I, I hope that we will be more responsive than the wall you've been practicing with. Um, <laughs> so I, I, oh, where, maybe you can tell us where you're from and, and uh, maybe a little bit of context of who you are. Um, I think Tony has been on the show more than you have. So maybe people know that he is our token uh, Christian conservative <laughs> um, that keeps this, it keeps us in, uh, in touch with that community a little bit. But uh, can you tell us about yourself, Owen? I, I'm only invited on this show after presidential elections. My last time I was on this show was after uh, President Trump was elected. Was he? Elect. Oh. Yeah, so four, four years ago, almost to the date around this, <laughs> it was the last time I was on this show. I feel um, bad. Um, that shouldn't be the case. I mean, I'm a home run hitter. You only call up the big guns. <laughs> situation. Um, I uh, I live in New Jersey currently. 
I am not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm a free thinking person. I voted for both sides of the aisle, depending on the person's stature and situation and what suits my needs. I've also not voted on occasion. So uh, I'm pretty, I consider myself pretty balanced and fair in my mind because <laughs> I, I assume all politicians have a level of um, working for money. I start with that. So mm. that, that's my general mindset on politicians. They're all pretty much the same, except for their demeanor and a couple of things about taxes. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Um, okay, so I'm I'm gonna try and and give you an idea of where I was when I decided this show hadn't been planned initially on like this quickly after the election, um, but I woke up on Tuesday. When was it? Tuesday. E Evening. No, I woke up on Wednesday morning or Tuesday evening, I can't remember, when I started looking at the results. And um, I think listeners of the show won't be surprised that I was hoping for a, a Biden victory. And it was looking like the Biden victory would happen in the few days before. And so when I woke up and I saw that the race was heavily contested um, and it was looking like it could go either way it was looking even like uh, Trump might take it I was honestly um, distraught I was uh, thinking this is happening again meaning as I'm sure many people were feeling meaning we thought it was going one way and how could we get it so wrong again and and genuinely distraught because some people don't really realize but obviously I'm not American but it does affect us very much uh, the Amer you know American politics affect the whole world uh, and these past four years have maybe affected us more than um, any previous presidency and it is it has been a weight of course it's been a weight on many Americans some have been very happy about uh, this presidency but Many have been um, feeling the the weight of that that president, and it has been the case for us too. So I was honestly, I think distraught is the best way of putting it. I was thinking about it constantly and wondering what the next four years were going to be like. This is the level to which um, I think I'm not alone in that sentiment in, in Europe and maybe in other parts of the world. Obviously, not everyone thinks about this, but there, there are a good part of the populations that are uh, influenced by these events. And so I was distraught and I thought, it's happening again. We got it completely wrong again. Um, what What can I do? What should I do? And... There are, you know, I think about this show where we talk about politics all the time as well. And um, I, there are two things that came to my mind. Uh, the first one is a comment that Tony made uh, after the show that we did a couple of weeks ago with Alex, who's uh, from Atlanta, I believe, um, Georgia. So that's a pretty important state. But he said that he felt in his community of uh, conservatives, people were 
getting colder on Donald Trump, where they, when they had been more supportive of him in the past. And Tony um, commented on Twitter that that was not his sentiment, uh, that in his community, it was basically everything we said about the way people were um, maybe getting colder on Trump was not what he felt. And I thought about this. And I also f- uh, thought about something you posted, Owen, um, which was, I think it was a meme, but the thing that struck me was um, you were saying all my white friends right now and and showing maybe a, a picture of someone stressing out and stressed out and something like that. And I felt like that person. And when I read that a lot of people uh, voted for Donald Trump, including in many minorities, you know, blacks, Hispanics, uh, women, um, that number that figure might have changed uh, because of the voting the the mail-in ballots but at the moment at that time I felt I'm a white older I guess I can say a white person are we the only is that demographic the only group that is voting for Trump less than before like I thought we were like fixing the world and and racism and sexism altogether and and I'm like yeah let's go and I turn around and it's I'm alone in the field and I'm the only white person you know I'm the only person it's the white person and like but I, it, I, it's not for me like if Trump is president I'm going to be fine I'm like I don't it's not really me who's being affected although that's not so I I, I didn't really understand any of these things, more votes for Trump, um, and and especially in the minorities, and the sentiment that was being realized that Tony expressed, which was, you know, uh, that thing that Alex was saying that conservatives are getting turning away a little bit for Trump. Maybe that is really not what I'm feeling. Um, so I'll give, I'll ask both of you what how you think things went and especially in your communities but let's before i start i want to ask uh, tony the the first um first of of both of you but i also want to say you mentioned tony that um the the kind of feeling of dread uh that i was expressing you mentioned that people in your community were feeling that same uh feeling as the counting progressed and it was looking like Biden was going to uh, be elected. Um, so I, I don't know which way, with which you want to start, but I guess w- how do um, people in your community feel about all of this? Hello? The, yeah. yeah, am I? Am I you hear me? Yes, yes, you're on. Okay, great. Uh, I was I was taking a moment to uh, consider my thoughts before I opened my big mouth. I, I don't do that often enough, so I thought I would do it just a second there. Bad bad podcasting, but maybe good for uh, communication. Um, I do have a little bit. It's a very simple and quick explanation for the difference between Alex and my uh, communities. Alex is a uh, city conservative community, and I'm a country conservative community. So uh, very different um, demographics there, different mindsets. But um, the the folks in this area uh, are not happy. Now, you will see that some of the uh, uh, predictions about armed uprisings, that's not a thing. And I, I could have told you that was never going to be a thing, at least in mass. Um, but yeah, people are are concerned. They they haven't given up. 
um, because uh, all avenues have not been completely pursued. Um, I, I think that it's pretty much a done deal, but I don't blame uh, the administration for uh, following those avenues to see to validify the election, if that's even a word. I think it is um, because it's been done in the past uh, by the opponents. And um, if if they can check the vote, uh, we can check the vote as well. I, I suspect that it will end up with the same result that we have right now, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of to me. It's it's I'm I'm even keeled on pretty much everything in the world. Uh, I I don't get too high. I don't get too low on things that don't uh, affect me directly. Um, my I think I've made this this joke on this podcast before. Uh, my wife and I say I'm too stupid to get too upset for something for too long. <laughs> About thirty seconds after it's done, I've moved on to something happier. So, but there are definitely people who are upset. Um, they they feel that a Biden election is a a uh, turn in the wrong direction uh, for the country, which I know is going to make your head explode, Patrick, because <laughs> you have felt that the country is going in a wrong direction for the last four years. But uh, there are certainly that group of people. Um, they they think know? that everything they thought was wrong and because uh, they thought he was going to win. Uh, just like the the media and the polls thought that he was going to get destroyed, uh, they thought he was going to win. So, so a lot of a lot of upset people. You mean they thought Trump was going to win uh, yes. easily as he did last time? Um, I I, I want to ask you about that. Um, you know, exhausting all avenues thing because obviously, okay, let's not get. Uh, uh, let's let's not get uh, uh, too much into the weeds of. <sighs> it's so difficult for me to hear this because it's another one of Trump claiming things with no proof, and that's part of why it's been weighing on everyone so much. He just says there's you know, uh, uh, irregularities. And by the way, when it's happened in the past, it was a few hundred votes here and there. Now it's thousands and thousands, even if one of the states doesn't go uh, the way it's been going, which it's unlikely, there's no scenario, no reasonable scenario where things have actually been Uh, you know, there haven't been illegal votes. Like, of course, you can say you can't disprove a negative. So, of course, you can say, well, we don't know until we've looked into it. But when there's no indication of anything. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is he has shifted his uh, discourse from we should we should not count the illegal votes that have been cast to, uh, you know, initially it was. I have won this election, which is a very grave thing, you know, declaring like this is what dictators do. And I understand that he's not, you know, he's probably going to have to admit in the end that he uh, hasn't won it somehow. And it's not like the army is going to have to go and kick him out. But it is a grave thing to claim victory in a democratic process. Doesn't that resonate at all with you or your community, Tony? It does. Now, uh, a couple responses that I would make mm. to that. The the claiming victory when you haven't, 
That's Trump. I, I, you know, I, I would say, of course, he's going to claim victory if he's got at least a substantial amount of votes to sort of almost back up that claim. Um, and also, if he were, and, and I believe this with my whole heart, and I think that you can, I think I've had my finger on the pulse of the conservative community enough for you to maybe trust me a little bit on this one. If he were to lose the election and try to stay, the conservative community would be the first in line to kick his butt out of the White House. I promise you that. We are we, we like him. We like his policies. We're not going to let him subvert the Constitution and the presidency. That Trust me. No one's going to – well, there will be some crazy people that stick up for that. I don't course, think he's going to yeah. do it, first of all. He knows he doesn't have the support. But the by and large, the – vast majority of the population, including the conservatives, would be right there kicking him out. But how do you accept, quote unquote, like whose judgment do you accept saying that he has lost? Who's, you know, because that's the other thing. If he says I have won and if there are lawyers and, you know, his teams of lawyers and things saying, oh, there were illegal votes, like who, who's authority do you trust in that process i'm genuinely curious the judges in the lawsuits okay so if and the I judges in the end common. so in, in the the judges have been saying for the past few days the lawsuits have no merit right the, the lawsuits that have already been filed have been uh, dismissed for the most part like let's say 90 of the substance or 95 of the substance has been dismissed with no merit does that resonate with your community then yeah and that's that's why i am saying that it's probably not going to go the other mm. way I'd, i'd say he has lost um now it is a little i i don't think this is what about is i hate that term because it's just a way of getting out of an argument but it is a little hypocritical for people who not you necessarily but mm. um people who disputed the 2016 election looked for uh the the evil Russians for four years. And now when he is disputing the results, they're like, no, no, you have to uh, honor the election process and honor the results, you know, and that's hypocritical. I, I think that there's a lot of short memories out there on how, uh, especially Hillary has been wandering around for four years saying that she was robbed of the election. You know, if, if is that what that's she's putting been doubt in the election, Yes. Yes, okay. she has. Okay. She 100% I don't, I don't, I don't, has said that. I don't, I don't remember her going to court and blaming Russia, though, just to interject something. Well, I mean, well, the, the statement in the center of what you're saying is true. People do feel like Russia was interjected, especially in social media, but it's not like they went to court for like three weeks and said, oh, well, the Russians did. They didn't do that. They didn't yeah. hold it up in court. So, I mean, I, that is a general sentiment of people. But it's not like we took them to court and tried to overturn the ruling, even though they she won the popular vote. She didn't do that. So when Al Gore uh, wanted recounts or did not want recounts, was was that okay? I think uh, it's a that's, different that's a different situation, and that's not pertaining to what we're talking about directly with this president and his lawsuits. That was very close count. The the brother down in Florida that that was a different situation. The, the, I think it's a very similar situation because it's a disputed election. Now, I'll but be tell honest, me before it, we move on from that one, 
if I'm not mistaken, and I didn't follow that election as closely as I do, do this one, but that one was down to a few hundred votes, literally a few hundred votes in Florida, which in the past, uh, the recount issues have shown a delta of a few hundred votes. In this case, even the most hotly contested state is by a few thousand votes. And it's not the only state that is, uh, you know, projected to go to Biden. So even without that one, the other ones have tens of thousands of votes. And cumulated, it's like, I don't want to say impossible because nothing is impossible, but it is completely unreasonable to expect that it would be that much of a difference that it would then be reverted. And so pushing it, even though it is, I'm using, you know, not inflammatory words, even though it is completely unreasonable to expect that to to change, is subversive to the, uh, you know, democratic process. No? I don't, well, I don't know that I agree, because it is, I, I don't, I agree that I don't think it's going to change. I okay. think that Biden is going to be the president. Having said that, if all we're doing is verifying the results, even if it takes some lawsuits to get the factual results, what's the difference? Because the president doesn't change right now anyway. He's not delaying the process. The president isn't, Joe Biden won't be the president until January 20th. The, the election isn't certified until late in December, I think. I'm not sure on the date of that. I apologize. Mid-December, I think December 10, something like that, yeah. It's not done by the media. The, the, it's not even but it, official. The media has declared it. So I don't think it's subverting the process. The, the media hasn't declared it. The it, media has done what it has been doing for like 150 years, which is look at the official counts. And even though the official counts haven't been certified by Congress... It's not like they don't exist. It's the projections, which are reasonable, fair projections. And saying, oh, but those don't really mean anything, we should recount and and sue, undermine, like, makes you feel like, oh, but it's not really real. You know, there's no reason to think it's not real. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting into that mode of, I'm feeling like I want to convince you. And I often say this, the point of this show is not to convince people, it's to listen. So I should just listen to what you're saying. I, I'm sorry. But, you know, it's, it's the sentiment that, um, that this is evoking for me when you, when you say, oh, but it's the media that has declared it, you know? Well, okay, you're, you're taking one statement that I made and making that the focus when it wasn't really okay. the focus. Yeah. Um, and, and my issue, and I've said this, Probably on every episode we've done, I have an issue with social media, not necessarily even the people that disagree with me on social media. But if I go out on social media right now, Mm. I can find dozens of quote unquote legitimate instances of voter fraud. And I have no idea. I I have I have no way of really verifying the truth or the uh, falsity of those claims. So I, in my brain, which I think is fairly well-developed, usually discount those or at least look at them skeptically. Mm. But you want the average conservative viewpoint. They're seeing these things 
And they're saying the Sharpie gate. Are you familiar with that? I am not. Okay. I don't know the truth of it. I believe it has been debunked, but I don't know. I It's so difficult to find out if it's been debunked by a legitimate source or it's just been debunked by some random person who says they're a legitimate source. But the Sharpie gate is, I, I suspect that it's false. Let me just get that out of the way. But in Arizona, they were giving people Sharpies instead of letting them use the pins that they had. And apparently the Sharpies were not calculating the votes correctly. That is the conspiracy theory or the factual allegation, whichever is true. Um, There's a video of a woman that she did it. She went through the process. Now, was she just a Trump person lying on video? Possibly, (laughs) because it happens all the time. There are uh, opponents of Trump who will just lie right to people's faces to get their narrative across. But that's just one example, you know, of of these things. The the Michigan votes that I believe this has been officially debunked now, although I haven't gone down the rabbit trail far enough to see that it has been officially debunked, um, that. Overnight, 120,000 votes for Joe Biden came and not a single one for Trump. Like I said, I believe that's been debunked, but that's but that's what these people are seeing on mm-hmm. social media. They're seeing these major allegations of major voting fraud. So they see that and then Trump sees it and says, look at what's going on, which that is irresponsible. But, but don't you s- it's also Trump. We've seen it for four years. I don't know why you're expect, uh, uh, surprised by this at this point. Because this is the election. And because don't you see how it works? Like you say something and it's, it's impossible to verify, but you say something that is unreasonable. That is genuine. That is Trump's MO. He says something that is completely unreasonable And then other people repeat it. And then he's like, oh, but, you know, some people are saying that this. And so you get into that mode of, but we can't know. And we can't know. So uh, maybe. But when there's something completely unreasonable that there is no basis for, it's, (laughs) you know, it's harmful. And the reason I would not, I wasn't really expecting him to go that far is that you're talking about uh, undermining the the democratic process. I agree, this is a problem. And even though I'm on Owen's side with the they didn't go to court with the Russian thing, I said on this show, maybe you remember it, I said it's important to accept the victory of um, Donald Trump because this is the democratic process. And the fact that he won the popular, that he lost the popular vote doesn't matter. That's not how the system is set up he won the electoral college vote. And that's how you determine the president in the US. So you can't go around saying, oh, he's not the president because, and to be fair, I don't think, you know, people were very upset, but they didn't say he's not the president. You know, maybe he's like, they were like, not my president. Okay, fine. But they didn't say he hasn't won the election. I don't think for the most part. Um, And in this case, I didn't expect him to go that far because this is an important issue. And down the line, if you keep doing these things, people don't trust the elections even. He's eroded trust in politics in general by saying, you know, the things he's been saying for four years. And people feel like nothing matters. And if they start thinking elections don't matter, it's a problem for democracy. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I know you know all this, Tony. It's just the the <laughs> <laughs> the fact that that it it's his mo again is working. Like there are irregularities. There are th- and then you see things that are by random people on social. Me- you can find anything on social media, right? Not, anything you you, you will. Yeah, go ahead, Owen. It's it's not my show, but I'm going to reel you in because you're just yeah. You're, you're you, on should, the rope, you should. You so. <laughs> should. So I'll say this just to cap off that conversation. In 2016, in the debate with Hillary, he was asked, if you lose, will you accept the results? And he said, oh, we'll have to see. I'll keep you in suspense. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then she said, that's dangerous. You can't talk like that. She said, when you were losing the, the RNC in Wyoming and wherever else, you said that the, the RNC was against you and they were committing fraud. You know, the guy tried to sue the Emmys because he didn't win an Emmy for his TV show. Like, it literally is what he does. He cries when he doesn't win, and he goes to court for everything. So, I mean, it is bad because on this day, uh, November 10th, 2016, Biden had Pence in the White House talking about their smooth transition. And again, that was with all the Russia, with all the we won the popular vote, with all, because that's what you do in democracy. You accept the results that not the media gives, the media reports the information that is given out. And social media is completely different, and you should just discount it in general as opposed to the media. And I'm not a person that believes the media, but the media does do the job of reporting the numbers. And when even your own media corporation, which is Fox for conservatives, Republicans, even when they say, okay, look, it is what it is. I mean, it is what it is, but he does do what he does and that's what he does for everything. Even if he doesn't win an Emmy, he's suing somebody. Like he, he, he has to win. There's no way that he could lose, and he lost, and it's fine. Um, I'm so I agree I with all of this. It's just the whole. You're right. We're not doing democracy right. Yeah. Thing. Like it, there is a certain. It's just what he does, and there, but there is a general decorum because that's what's supposed to happen in America. It's just that it is what he does. But in this case, it's the ultimate, like it's the end boss of what he does. And I thought that he would stop at that end boss and he (laughs) isn't stopping. And it's having an effect, as Tony is saying, if not on Tony, on his community. People are thinking, "Uh, I don't know, maybe. Anyway, all right. Uh, Owen, you started. Um, how, How do you feel about this whole thing? Uh, Four years ago, you had me on this show and... Um, people around the world are very taken back by the fact that I said I was very thankful that President Trump won. You could have called me three weeks ago and I would have told you that the race would have been close and you would have said no way. And I would have been, I'm right. I'm a very realistic person. I've lived in America. I've been all across this country. And let me tell you something. I know how people think. And a lot of people think party. Just like I'm an Eagles fan. I'm going to root for the Eagles no matter who they play. There's a large section that just does that. They see Republican and they automatically presume that the person who is in that position will back their beliefs and believes in what they believe in. I know religious people that think this is a religious man. He is not. He has no religion. He doesn't care about religion. He panders to religion. But they believe he's a he's a godly man. He's a spiritual man. I'm like, how do do you get that? The guy. I mean. Other presidents around here quoting the Bible. This guy came and tell you a verse, which means he couldn't even read 
a verse and memorize it or Google great Bible verses before <laughs> he goes and gives a speech or an interview. Like he's not even that bright. Okay. So I, I could have told you it, it was going to be really close because America is a lot of it is very gullible. There's a reason Mitch McConnell keeps winning, even though his uh, constituency is some of the poorest in the country. And that is one of the richest men in government. And they still keep voting for this guy because they fall for the cook and the, and the, and the chef. And they think, oh, well, you know, we got to protect abortion or we got to protect these rights or we got to, you know, like it's just a weird situation. So if you're not here, you don't understand how strong that whole party thing is. Then you lump in. And again, I don't know Tony and I don't know his life. And I'm, this is not directed at you at all. This is just general conversation. There's a large subsect of racist, bigoted people that like the things that he says. They like how vulgar he is. They like the way he talks about other people, other countries, and minorities. And they just back that because it's the way they feel, and they never were able to say it out loud in a mass group like they are now. Like back in the day they could, but in the, in the last you know, a couple of decades since the 60s and 70s, there's been a modem of decorum where it's just like, all right, you're racist, but I'm not going to be out front racist. Now you can just be out front racist because this guy gives you that voice, which is what I told you four years ago, because I'm black. I live in America. I have a lot of white friends. I've had a lot of jobs. I travel all over the place and I know pretty good people that would be like, oh, it's great, but I wouldn't want to date my daughter. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not because I'm a bad person. <laughs> it's because they don't want brown babies. And, and again, I, I accept certain decorums of that. And that's how the country is. There's a large subsect of people just like, I, I'm voting Republican no matter what because I want my taxes. And I think that one day I, too, will be a billionaire and they don't read or understand. Then there's other people that do understand business and finance that do understand that Republicans are just capitalist in nature and want to make as much money as possible because all politicians kind of do. That's the corrupt nature of being a politician. You know, we, they scam so much money from people, people don't even realize it. But again, the sales pitch on that side is very strong for a lot of different groups. And when you add all those different groups together, you get almost 50-50. You know, Hillary only won by 4 million the last time. It looks like Biden's going to win by 5 million this time. And they both got more votes than any candidate in history, which again, a third of the country still didn't go out and vote at all because they don't like either candidate. And they put Joe Biden in this position where you still had the whole lesser two evils thing. Okay. I don't like Joe Biden. I really don't like Kamala Harris. I don't like her at all. I, I just don't. And I, and I hate that the fact that I'm going to get the whole, he's a misogynist and he doesn't like women has nothing to do with that. It's about her policies, but I, I can't say that I don't like her because you know, then that's what happens because you don't like a female, blah, 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 blah. But it is the lesser two evils. I, you know what I want? I want a dog in the White House again. I want a, a first lady that's educated and that I haven't seen naked and that likes Christmas. Okay. I want a president that doesn't tweet 13 times a day and doesn't react to the media and call into the media. For someone who hates the media so much, I've never known a president to call in to TV shows to complain or praise reporting. Who you've got other things to do. You are the leader of the free world, but you're calling in to Fox news at six in the morning, two in the morning. Who are you? You're not a president. 
And again, I know politics is a scam and I get that. And he's anti politics but you keep, you've got a job to do. And it's a very important job. Everybody else who gets to the presidency after four years, they've lost half their hair or it's gray. This guy is kicking on more powder and golfing. I need him out because he's done the job that I needed him to do. I needed him to come in and show everyday regular Americans what I have to see and deal with in my life all the time. Oh my gosh, Owen, I can't believe people like that. I can't believe people in our town of New Jersey, which is always blue, have Trump signs, they're spray painting streets, and they're doing all this stuff. I say, yeah, yeah. Now see, the, the, spray, the spray painting streets people, those are, the, I, I, already, I could just, I'm gonna put that out. Those are the kind of like racist, bigoty people. Because when you go out vandalizing, I mean, the streets, oh, okay. And I mean, it's not like a, a nice BLM spray paint. It's like, you know, <laughs> fourth grade spray painting in these streets. But that's even in a town that I live in, which again, I live in a blue state. So you don't understand how America really works. And you think that we're supposed to do better? Better to what? Because again, if you live in a in a red, red state, you're thinking about abortion. You're thinking about I don't know how women do it, but they're thinking about the, the rights of women and they're taking away their rights, but they care about that stuff more than they care about decorum. You know, oh, the guy's got a foul mouth. He's rude to people. Oh, that's just, you know, bravado. And the way he talks, it's just not what you're supposed to do at that level. Imagine going to your boss and he's telling you that your wife's a piece of crap and you shouldn't have married her. What, what does that got to do with the job, bro? Like I'm doing my job. Like it, it just doesn't happen. So he's going to believe he's done his job and Republicans are going to have to do better. And that's the way it is. <laughs> it's just the way it is. So it's not like you like Biden. I mean, no. he's just a politician, but it's not a politician you especially like. He's an older white man that's been racist in his history, the same way the president currently has been. I mean, I'm tired of old white guys being president anyway i i want a 65 year old cap on it you know what i mean like why do we keep getting these old demented stuttering can't i mean well biden did a little jog up the ramp but you know what i'm saying these old men that run the country and not only old men still in the time where they're old enough to be raised in segregation old enough in the time where it's like oh you you weren't allowed to let people do this you know native americans were indians and they were still bad people you know, looking for handouts like that's the mindset that they grew up in, which I kind of can't blame them for having that mindset. And and Joe's done a really good job of, you know, having a black friend and, you know, being the VP of uh, African first uh, African uh, president because he's just as much white as he is black. And I know that that's a whole game that we play, too. But he's done a really good job of, of fixing his demeanor. But his past is really bad for somebody like me. You know what I mean? But I've got to like swallow the fact that, oh, well, you know, he's cool now. I, I mean, again, I don't actually, I don't, I don't know. And is doing his job and saying the right things now. I, I don't I know don't. Uh, about his past. Can you tell me why that's, you know, that's how, what did he's he do? He's been on the Congress floor basically saying he doesn't want his kids going to school with black people. Mm. Um, and, th and these are things you can look up and Google the words coming out of his mouth. He backed the whole uh, crime bill where, you know, black people and Spanish people were um, animals and need to be locked up in the three strikes and just locking away people for life. Um, he, he, there's other things like voting for um, uh, like segregation things and stuff like that. Like he's done a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, man, that's bad. You know, it's the same way, like when a lot of these politicians that are older were against 
LGBTQ and all that stuff. Now, now they're all coming around to it and they're cool. Oh, wait, no, no, and they lie and say, oh, I always support. It. No, you didn't. We can literally watch you staying at a podium voting against people and talking bad about people. So the, the biggest thing for me is like when he said he didn't want his kids going to school with black people. I'm like, bro, again, that's what I mean about going to your boss. He's talking about your wife. That's not your job. Okay. Your, your job is to uphold the law and equality. So your personal reasonings don't matter to me. If you're a politician, I could care less about your fake family. Half of you guys are gay in the clouds anyway. You got beards. I don't, I don't care. I want you to uphold the law and people's rights to freedom. And the, the only thing that bothers me most about conservatives is when it comes to business, everything's free market, open market, capitalism, you know, get the government out. But when it comes to human beings, bodies and their rights, it's well, you know, rape isn't really rape. It's just, it's, you know, you got to justify, you got to have this baby lady. Like, I mean, we're not going to take care of the baby. Once you have it, we're going to call you a welfare lady and, and diminish you and try to take your money away, but you've got to have this baby. There's no reason for you not to have this baby. That's the only thing that bothers me about that. Cause again, I, I've, I've voted Republican many a time. I mean, I didn't vote for Obama the second time. So that's my only issue with that. But it, it, as far as Biden's concerned, he's had many instances where you could just go Google it and listen to the words come out of his mouth that were directly racist. And again, the president has the same kind of past, you know, the, the central park five where he wanted them executed to got a full, he basically took out an ad campaign to get these guys killed and they were all innocent. And have, thank goodness nobody listens to him because why would you ever listen to Donald Trump about anything? <laughs> you know, it didn't happen and they got exonerated years later, but they were tried in public court. You know, he didn't want people moving into the buildings. So again, old white guys that don't really like people and you just got to deal with it. And hopefully one day that changes. But America. All right. So you're not super happy with uh, Biden, I guess. No, I, no, it's just, again, and that's why I'm telling you, like, you don't, the, mm. the mindset that you have is a very, you know, um, utopian democratic mindset. You're, you're super like, you're like a liberal woman in or in Oregon. Like, you're so, I can't believe, like, dude, the, the people, human nature like war, like do not Genghis Khan, like <laughs> human nature is not like a happy thing. There's, there's always division and compromise and you have such a positive outlook that you think that people should realize like that people are not universal and they have different needs. The, I can tell you why black people voted for Donald Trump in the South. I can tell you directly why, because I got family down there and, and I watch the news down there. It's very simple. Okay. Every president, even Barack Obama, Barack Obama didn't do anything for me for being black. You know what I mean? Like he didn't like, and again, I feel like half the stuff, the reason he didn't try to do anything or do anything is because he would have been like, oh, see, look at the black guy helping out the blacks. See, look, he's not doing it. You know, so, so he didn't do much. Donald Trump comes out. First of all, a lot of black people just know nothing about presidency down south. They don't care. But they're like, oh, we got a stimulus check. That's pretty cool. I mean, we had the recession from Obama. I didn't get any money. I, I didn't get anything. We we were struggling. People were losing their homes. I, I didn't get anything. I, at least, and they put it on Donald Trump. At least Donald Trump gave me something. That's one. Two, what people do to pander. He he um had an initiative with Betsy, who is an idiot. Oh God, thank God the cabinet's leaving. That's my big thing. Forget that. I'm happy that there's going to be a new competent cabinet where people are doing their jobs where they're supposed to. But he gave money to like HBCUs down there. He did some kind of grant where a lot of HBCUs got direct funding. What's HBCU? That like. They're like uh, HBCU, um, Historical Black Colleges. Okay. Uh, so they're like, well, uh, 
they did something for us. Like we've never had anybody come in and like give us federal funding. Like they, they have, but it's been a long time. Like I think like uh, Reagan and, 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 and Clinton might've been the last regime to like give a little bit of money to HBCUs to like keep them afloat, keep them alive. So people look at that and like, well, how could he, he can't be racist. You know, he, he gave us money. So you're talking about Trump that, or pandering that goes on down South that you know, the Republicans did do a good job of, okay. you know, putting some apples on your plate when you were starving and you're like, this is amazing. They fed us filet mignon. So I shouldn't be happy that Biden is president. <laughs> I feel I felt like this was a good thing, but um, do you know about Kamala Harris? I only know, you know, the fact that she's a uh, Indian origin woman. So it's, she was in California. She was like the uh, DEA or whatever. She had evidence that police were corrupt and and falsifying evidence. She did not pursue the police department or the police in general for their misconduct, even though they had 600 cases of it. One person that was killed by the police and they covered it up. The only reason that it got overturned is because social media and there was a video out and the pressure, a judge forced her to prosecute that police department. But she's totally protect the cops, back the cops, and all that kind of stuff. But then she comes out and says, yeah, we've got to defund the police and restructure the... I'm like, well, what do you, what do you mean? When you knew for a 100% fact that you had a p corrupt police department, you did nothing. When you were in that position, you locked up more African Americans, more Latinos than anybody else who sat in that seat. You had an historic rate of locking people up, which it turns out to be a lot of them might have been innocent. But you locked them up. You have no, you had no give, no leeway, no nothing, because you wanted to be hard on crime, no matter what. And that's just a taste of Kamala Harris and her position of power of what she actually did. Her voting record is horrible for people of color, which sounds crazy because, right, like she's a person of color. No, that's what I mean about politics, okay? She needed to win. She wanted to be hard on this. She wanted police support. She wanted funding. So it's lock up the brownies and back the police. But she's my VP and she's my glass ceiling and she's my, like, come on, bro. Like, when you actually look at the facts instead of the hopey changey, like, there is no hopey changey. It's samesy, samesy. So I don't really care about who's the president. The president really doesn't matter to me. Like I said, Trump could have been my president and I would have cared less. It's just the decorum. It's just the decorum his, that you didn't his like about Trump, the White House, the way he treats the White House and the way zealots treat him. I, I'm all for conservatives backing their stance, their religion, their beliefs and all that kind of stuff. I'm not for MAGA hats. And, and all that. Oh, I'm also not for uh, Black Lives Matter. I know the Black Lives Matter, but the organization itself isn't a great organization when you actually look into it. When you actually look into it, the concept of Black Lives Matter, great. But the organization, not so great when you look at it. But you can't really say that and, oh, you're against this. And, you know, if a white well, person I says can't that, say you that. You, right you can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, that's what I mean. Like, if a white person said that, you're like, oh, my God. Because it's, it's hard to, to differentiate the concept. The concept of Black Lives Matter is a whole general concept that works and it makes sense. But if you look at the organization, I understand why some people are like the organization is bad. 
which conflates the outcome and the opportunity to help fix and change things in the country. Because we, we do live in <clears throat> an unfair and unequal society. And I, I've learned to navigate it. You know, it, it, it's a case in point where I, I own UPS stores. And this is a this is a 100% fact of people. I've been open throughout the whole pandemic. I'm essential. We ship things every day. And when people come into the store, this is verbatim, not on every white person or every black person, but this is just 100% of what I've had happen. Person comes into the store and they're black and they don't have a mask on. I say mask. They say, oh, I'm sorry. Walk out, go get a mask, come back. I've had one black person complain about not having a mask. White people come in, 80% of them say, oh, my bad, no problem. Walk out, go get a mask. But 20%, F you, you're a Russian. What are you, some communist? You don't believe in America, freedom, rights. You don't know what's going on. And I'm like, aren't you the same kind of person that would say, why did the black guy not comply? Why didn't he just follow the rules? The rules are you wear a mask. The law is you wear a mask. Just put the mask on. But I've got to be a communist and a Russian and a anti-American because of the rules. Just follow the rules, bro. It's not that hard. All right. And so I'm, I'm going to rein you in a little bit, uh, as you did with me earlier. <laughs> I don't understand what the solution is then. Um, I mean, and I kind of understand why exactly the, the, the thing that I was hoping for, which is, you know, the, it, it feels like, I guess I'm, how did you call it? I'm that woman from, from Oregon. where? <laughs> from Oregon. <laughs> why? And, that, that lady was crying in the streets with Trump one. It was just, ah, yeah. I can't believe. <laughs> But so, so what's the solution? That's the thing I'm saying to you. There is no solution. It's just people. People are people. There, when, it, when has there been utopia in the world? We're at war right now, and it's basically somebody sitting on one side saying these guys are bad, and another person sitting on the other side saying they're good. When we so, were in Iraq okay, and blowing will, up stuff. I'm sure a lot of people were sitting there saying, why are they here? Why are they doing this to us? And we're sitting over here saying, well, the terrorists. We've got to go beat the terrorists. To them, I, we're the terrorists. It's just it, – it's never going to be – Uh, quote unquote, okay, uh, great. I mean, it's going to be okay. I, I'm, I'm alive. I live in a time where, compared to my grandparents, I'm living in utopia. You know, they, they, they had to live in fear all the time. I only live in fear when I get stopped by the cops or when a, when a white person has wanted to yell at me. I'm going to call the cops on you and say you did this, which I've had happen. My, and I start to think, like, man, who are they going to believe when they show up? This crazy person or me? Like. But that's different than like my grandmother being scared of being kidnapped and drugged by a truck at every turn when she went outside when she lived in Alabama. So I'm living in an okay time right now. We're it's it's okay right now, Patrick. It's just it's just okay. And how we change it? I mean, the system is strong, bro. The force is strong. You can't just the president of the United States is not going to change. America, because it didn't hope he changed. He didn't change it. If Obama's smooth talking, Jay shooting, dancing, singing, charismatic smile, wife with two degrees didn't change it, then it's not going to change from a presidency. But it doesn't. You know? it does, no, I, it doesn't change in four years, doesn't change in 10 years. But if you look back 20 or 30 years, things have changed. And yeah, that's we're at a better time now. Yeah. But, but I mean, it changes slowly, but it doesn't not change. And I think, you know, I don't know that. I, I think out of the three of us, 
we might agree on some things. Um, I'm not necessarily... That feeling I was describing and that I was talking about to Tony earlier, the dread and the the weight, I didn't feel that with, uh, you know, let's take the worst, worst example of the Republicans before Trump. I didn't feel that with Bush Jr. It, it, I thought he was not the cleverest person and, you know, I... I, I, it, it, there was some, maybe a little bit of unfairness because he was a more, more of a common folk type of personality. But I didn't feel. I thought, you know, oh, he's. I. I he was someone I could disagree with, right? Trump maybe. is beyond that. It's not just that we disagreed with. So I think, I feel like I understand what you're saying when you're when you're describing the transition and what's going to happen now in the White House uh, with competent people. Owen. But that doesn't, you know, I can understand both you and Tony when, when you say I'm, I understand, I, th- there are differences of opinions between Democrats and Republicans, and Republicans can be fine as well. Not fine, but I would disagree with and be okay, not be despaired that they're in the position they're in. I don't know. Again, I I, I think you're putting a lot of that on your own mindset, because when I was traveling in in Europe and stuff, when Bush was president, a lot of people did not like that guy. No, you got to think about all the war that was going on. I'm sure there was a large subsect and group um, an ethnicity of people that did dread him being the president, did, you know, believe in fake war and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you didn't feel that dread, but a lot of the world did. And Let's, feel that yeah. stress pressure. And here in America, we felt that pressure a lot because of the situation. So, it, it but it's different from from the Trump and how much dread you feel. But it's you know? different from Trump, isn't it? I mean, Trump feels like you have a not just someone you disagree with that might take the, make decisions that you disagree with at the you know in in charge of the world's most powerful nation, but also on top of that. He's a bully, and he's yelling at you every day through Twitter, which, by the way, he might not have in a, in a few months. But he's yelling at you on Twitter, and you can't say, oh, you don't have to listen. You can't not listen. He's the freaking president of the U.S. Even us you- in Europe, we have to listen to him. And he's berating everyone all the time. So it's a different level from just a republic, uh, you know, a president that you disagree with. I'm going to let Tony jump back in here after I say this. Yeah. Yes, you cannot listen to him. I don't follow him. The only time I ever see his tweets and retweet it. You can see my tweet I don't follow when him the election either. happened. I didn't watch one single minute of news coverage until Saturday, which is what I said Monday. And people are like, oh, you're crazy. And I'm like, because we've got to count these votes and it doesn't matter. The thing that they're spinning you on and the thing that they hype you up on and the things that they go on in your mind, yes, that guy says dumb things on Twitter. He says dumb. His speeches are very poor. He's unintelligent in general. And I get all that. But the dread you put on it, now this might just me being black and having to live in a, a more stressful lifestyle. It, does, his, it doesn't bother me to where I'm dreading it and I wake up, oh my God, uh, the, the president, you know, guess what? He didn't hit the button. He didn't blow up the world. We made it. Okay. It's okay. He's, he's, he's not a great president, but it's not like he went and just blew up New Jersey or just like <laughs> went and like ran over and invaded England or something like that. He didn't really do anything besides talk. So if you let that talking get to you, then that's on you for rereading his dumb tweets 92 times and watching the news for seven days straight and not sleeping and then feeling frantic. Okay. 
So, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but in general, we do control some of that stuff. As Tony was saying, like, he doesn't like social media. We whip ourselves up into a frenzy with these things and make them, it's already bad. We make it even worse than it is. Okay. His tweets, and other than him coming out of Paris, like, how, what, what bad did that do in general when you know that in four years you could possibly fix it? Focus on fixing it instead of the, I can't believe it's not butter. Like, it's butter, well, bro. I mean, it is what it, it is. I'll, I guess I'll let Tony, maybe you feel the same way as, as Owen does on this specific point that it doesn't, you know, it's just tweets and you don't have to listen to it. But uh, I could rebuke it. But Tony, how do you feel about that part? I don't follow him on Twitter. So the only time I ever see what he says on Twitter is when it's retweeted. Most of the time it's retweeted. It gets to me through leftist sources so i see their commentary on it um I, i'm kind of the same uh on that mindset as as owen i just don't pay a whole lot of attention to what he says i didn't watch his speech that everyone was losing it over um i just try to get i try to get as much factual information as i can which as i stated earlier is difficult but i i try to keep away from the rhetoric as much as possible You know, I mean, the way, okay, I'm not going to say the way it is, but the way I feel is that, as we were saying earlier, it doesn't change in an instant. But, and the, for the first three years, I thought it was, you know, as Owen was saying, he was not having a huge effect, but the Paris Accord is a big deal. Um, but the last year, I think he showed, it happened that he can't handle a crisis. He's not competent and he hasn't been surrounding himself with people that are able to do the boring, annoying, laborious work of running a government. And when that government has a lot of power over the rest of the world, things can happen. Yes, he didn't press the button, but, you know, it doesn't mean that something bad couldn't have happened. And in the case of this crisis, the bad thing that happened is only affecting the U.S., but it could have been another crisis that would affect it the whole world. So I don't agree. At least I don't feel like it doesn't matter. You know, that sentiment that nothing matters is one of the many problems that as a European, you see in the US. You feel like politics don't matter, that politicians are all the same when they're not. Um, depending on what person is at the head of your government, a different situation can be handled in a different way and the outcome will be different. So, so as far as the pandemic is concerned, in a, in a general co concept of how you feel about it or how I, on a democratic mindset, would feel about it, yes, again, a, a different cabinet, more science belief would have changed some things, but you know what wouldn't have changed? 70 million people who don't want to wear a mask and think that it's stupid, okay? It's not just because the president said don't do it or whatever. It's because— I mean, it doesn't help. Even the people, were, even the people that were scientists here <clears throat> were— not concise in their first conversations when they had him with the country. Not the president. I'm talking about Fauci and other scientists were not on the same page. They were not coherent, which led to the quote-unquote social media doubt and disbelief. That no, but it's the same here. That happened here, with too. Those people giving out information. So once you let that cat out of the bag, there, there still would have been a group of people that don't want to wear a mask. There's, just pe there's people that just don't want to wear it or they're tired of it or whatever. We're also more populated than other small places. And 
we don't have the same kind of control over our people. This is freedom country, bro. This is do what you want, America. This is I have rights for everything, America. So, I, I mean, again, a different cabinet and as far as the pandemic was concerned. And if they didn't get rid of the um, team that was for uh, diseases and things like that, yes, certain things would have been a little bit different. But the general concept of people out here having birthday parties and weddings weren't going to stop because they're no, Americans that, and they're out here going to defy the law anyway. My, my point isn't about the pandemic. My point is that for another, I agree with you that maybe it wouldn't have all of a sudden become, become you know, Disneyland and everything's perfect uh, because of, you know, specific conditions of the country and population density and all of that. And we're having the same issues in Europe, but you can modulate that to an extent. But the point I'm making is he didn't handle the crisis properly. And it was a local crisis for the country, but if it had been a more, you know, a bigger, more global crisis, then it could have been bad for everyone. You know, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make, but. But it uh, wasn't, and we're dealing with the facts. Now, I'm not talking about what ifs and could have been. I'm talking about what has happened. I'm, I'm judging on what has happened. Of course. We did have to deal with. So I, I my, get what you're my saying. My concern it there. I mean about the doom and gloom. It could have been really bad. No, no, no. My concern was, was. So. My concern was if he has four more years, then it could it it's twice as chances that it could happen. And that's yeah. you know, you can't tell me, oh but well, I mean, yes, now it but, that's why I was relieved that he did <laughs> We're we're good. You're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Tony, um Patrick, I don't think yeah, I, I, I just want to say this. I don't think that it's necessarily true that he can't handle a crisis. I think he botched that crisis. Um, every president has their strengths and weaknesses. There are some that are very weak on foreign policy, and then they're stronger on domestic policy. I would say he had a pretty good run on foreign policy, and at least if this is considered domestic policy or health policy or what have you, then he had a bad run on that one. Um, and maybe that's the people he had around him. Maybe his uh, health advisors weren't good, but his foreign advisors were. But I think that's going to be similar. Now, the biggest difference, as we've said a million times, is the rhetoric and the the volume and the caps lock with him. Um, but I would not say that he can't handle any crisis because I I think, you know, hindsight, North Korea may not have been a crisis, but it could have developed into one. And it, it got he well not he but his administration headed that off so i think that those are the kind of things that we're we're getting into and i hate this term it's popped up so much recently but recency bias i think we're getting a little stuck on that because yeah the last six months have been very rough for him but as you said what was it nine months ago you were thinking, yeah, this hasn't been so bad. Well, it's not because he didn't have anything to do. He was just sitting there twiddling his thumbs. He just handled those things that may have been less extreme or maybe not. There, there's no way to know because it could have de- those things could have developed into something extreme if they hadn't been handled properly. That's the thing. And that's getting back into the what ifs, which we can't. We can just look at the facts, which was he did pretty good. In his first three years, and his fourth year, it fell off a cliff. All of that can't be attributed to him. Some of that can. Well, he was twiddling his thumbs. He tweets a lot, so I'll just combat that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a good point. And and I, I also want to say that, you know, from the conservative perspective, we wanted him 
to do one thing mainly, and that was get us some conservative judges. And I, from the conservatives' perspective, he knocked it out of the park on that one. It's a you know baseball reference for you, Patrick. Sports, sorry. Oh, I I I get it. I very much get it, <laughs> and I think um, you know in general. Republicans are or should be, and especially uh, conservatives and one-issue voters, I, I hope you won't uh, take issue with me calling you that, uh, should be quite happy, I suppose, with his uh, his presidency. I do, actually, because I do take issue with that, because that was okay. mentioned on the Discord uh, in the last week. Mm. Uh, for, for whatever reason, someone called me out and said and mentioned that I'm a one issue. I I don't think that I'm a one issue voter. I have a mm -hmm. very important issue, but you just kind of gave yourself away too. you're a one issue voter, too. At least you would be if you were in America because you thought he did a fine job until that one issue came up and then you turned on him. So, well, I, I'm so kidding also, a little also, bit. He didn't I'm like support either. Like, he has a whole bunch of issues. He's he's just focused on this one issue. He didn't he didn't like uh, right. Patrick did like a lot but, of issues. There, there are yeah. I think but the one I, issue is crises in general. Issue, but, yeah. I have an issue that's at the top of my list. Right. But I'm not. I don't believe I'm a one issue voter. Okay. I, I do take a little bit of. Uh, all right. I'm Fair not. enough. Apologies for that. I thought you, uh, I must be misremembering. I thought you described yourself as a one, uh, you know, one issue voter, but apologies. That's not the case. Um, okay. I, 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 I must have misspoken at some point because other people have said that too. That okay. They thought that, but I'm fairly certain that I actually uh, disputed that claim in another episode as well. Okay. Well, listen, it's just like gender. It's how you feel inside that matters. And you feel you're not a, a one-issue voter. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, all right. Uh, I do want to end the show by uh, asking both of you um, how you feel things are going to go now, like how your community is going to uh, approach the next, let's not say four years, but, you know, the next year or so, six months, year. How do you feel things are going to go? What's your sentiment? Um, maybe, Tony, you can you can start if you want. Uh, I'm guessing people aren't happy, as you said. Yeah, people aren't happy. Uh, on, the, on the very micro level, the community is going to be just fine. I think that they will do what they did uh, under Obama. They'll grumble and complain for a month or two, and then they'll get right back to living their lives. That's, that's what this community, and I love my community. I could live in a, a city, um, but I, my family and I have chosen to live where I grew up, a rural community, country, farms, you know, the whole thing. Oh, I know very and, well. That's where I live as well. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And, and this community is strong and, and resilient and they they may not like the result, but they're going to get right back to doing what they've been doing. And that's working hard and living their lives. And I, I think that the concern with the community is a movement to the left. And a of, of course, the. We're, we're a fairly predominantly Christian community, and I think the concern among the Christian uh, community is potentially losing some uh, religious rights and just a move into a 
less morally Christian perspective country. And I, I butchered that the way I said it, but I think you understand what I'm saying. The concern is that we'll move away from the Christian morals. Go ahead. Sorry. So I just want to ask you a question. Like, what do you mean by losing religious rights? Like what, what rights are you worried about losing? Well, so the, and, and I've, we kind of got into this on the last episode I was on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to rehash too Sorry. much, but I, I, I just, I was just asking for a general perspective. Sorry. Yeah. The, well, it's just if the Bible says something, then as a Christian, my belief is you should believe that, you know, believe the Bible, what it says. And if the Bible says something that goes contrary to what the the way society is going, then the concern for a Christian would be that they would be punished or censored or told, you know, told they're wrong which is not really a uh, actual punishment, but it doesn't feel good. <laughs> uh, and that that's the concern, just but, that society is moving away from the thing, the teachings of the Bible. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Owen, how do you feel about the next few months and couple of years? Uh, so as a person who has read the Quran, the Torah, and the Bible, grew up Baptist. Um, I feel like America should hold on to what it says on paper, separation of church and state and freedom of religion. So I feel like if you believe what you believe, you should be allowed to believe that. And your group and your people are allowed to do that. But if a Muslim person believes that you shouldn't eat pork and things like that, or however they want to believe and live, they should have the freedom to do that. And that's what America should be about. I, I wholeheartedly can't stand the thought of people on courts deciding what people should do with their bodies and their rights. Because again, if that's what that person believes and it's not affecting someone else, that's on them and their beliefs and their God or whoever they've got to deal with. So that's my process on that. I, I don't feel like we're going to be losing any rights either way. Um, cause I don't feel like you gain any more rights when the, the other side is in there. Um, but as far as like the country goes, I feel like we're going to see more people with guns sitting at um, election offices and buildings because that group is mobilized and they're just out there with their caravans. And uh, I feel like I'm going to see Trump flags flying like the Confederate flag for the next maybe 10 years. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people are going to breathe easy and feel like they don't have to worry about the situation because it's in semi-competent hands. Again, I, I personally know a large group of people that are my friends aren't like super excited about Joe Biden, but again, they're excited about decorum. They're excited Mm -hmm. about some sense of normalcy, some sense of competency and not having to feel that quote unquote dread of seeing someone say something stupid or can't spell check or, you know, be in a white house and have someone spell check their language every day. Um, or throwing tantrums, or again, like not wanting to have Christmas at the White House. It's it's the dumbest little things, but those things give people comfort. You know, I, I'll say one other thing that bothered me about his whole mindset of how the presidency works. Every president, when you lose or, or there's a, a new president comes in, the last president has a painting that's done of them, and they put it up in the White House. In the White House, there's a hall with all the presidents in there. Donald Trump is the first president in history not to put up the previous president's picture. How petty is that? How childish is that against tradition? And that's just a microcosm 
of things that are going to change of just having some respect for the office and some respect for the white house. And whether you're on the right or the left or in the middle, at least we could start with some sense of normalcy of how the presidency is supposed to be run. And, and that is great for everyone besides the fact of what you believe in which size, at least when they, when the president says something, you understand what he's saying and he's not going to say something that's so wild that it drives you crazy, you know, unless the words gun control comes up. <laughs> Other than that, you know, it's not like he's going to say things that just whip people into a super rage every other day and every other week. So um, decorum, democracy, back on the table, and yay, democracy. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll just say in 30 seconds how I feel. Um, breathing easier. Uh, hoping that, well, that that sense that you don't have a, 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 you know, the sword of Damocles. Is that do you say that uh, in English? The 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 thing that could fall on your head at any point. Smart, smart people say it. You're smart. You can you can roll with Damocles. Oh, I, I don't think I'm smart. I think it's just that you say it in French. It's just a saying. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's. Yeah, it, it, that is the main sentiment. And the hope that um, I, uh, that I don't know that it's going to happen, but I hope that the uh, pandemic is going to be reined in somehow. I mean, the vaccines are probably going to be part of that uh, process, but uh, I hope that government, uh, contrary to what you guys think will have an effect on that crisis, the decisions that they make when they come in office in January. Um, and uh, rejoining the Paris Accords is a big deal. And at some point, I hope that something is going to be done about healthcare in the US, because I think that's a really dramatic issue that is so not easily fixable. That's not true. But that is not that much of an issue anywhere else in the world, in the world and that it could But I, I know that's not going to happen. Um, I don't know that I, I'm going to I'm go okay. Here's that's the final word for me. I'm going to be able to enjoy the next generation consoles better, and maybe that's the you know that's the first world problem <laughs> in a nutshell. But uh, that's how I feel. I, I yeah. All right. It's. Last thing, it's also really rough here, too, because even with the president, no matter which president it is, the states decide things like there's certain sporting events where states are allowing fans in and those states are higher in COVID numbers like the states are individuals of their own. And, and that's also a huge problem besides who the president is, you know, mandating things down. The, the states have their own control of what's of course, going yeah. on. And like we watched a football game where they were allowed 50,000 people in the stands and they all rushed the field Then you watch other games and there's like two people in the stands. So it's, it's so, it's so deep. And just, like I said, it's not, it's bigger than the president, but the president starts the decorum. That's it. I hope it's more than just decorum. <laughs> we'll, we'll see where we are in four years. And I'm sure that we'll have these conversations with Tony and that we'll have different views on how things went But ultimately, hopefully, it will be like, well, not much happened. Like, no news is good news, maybe, because hopefully not bad things will have happened. I don't know. All right. 
that's going to be it. Thank you very much to both of you for being on the show. Um, if you want to tell us where we can find what you do, would you mind? Uh, Tony, you are still on Twitter? Yep, still on Twitter at Tony Staley. The link will be in the show notes. What about you, Owen? When I do podcasts, it's at IQMC.com and I'm at Odocta on Twitter, O H D O C T A H. The link will be in the show notes as well. For me, it's Not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find all of my links at notpatrick.com and you can support the show at patreon.com slash the Felix Club. The link is also in the show notes. Thank you so much to those who already do. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with uh, another show about things that are happening in the world. Hopefully. Talk to you then. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.